1: Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. Another glorious Monday morning after a lunar eclipse of a blood moon. I hope you all were listening uh, the last hour to Montgomery Taylor and his show, Living Consciously, talking all about the significance of that and, and what it meant in our lives. It was quite enlightening. Uh, I love Monty's show. It always, uh, I learned so much from it. Um, and we have a very fascinating show and an interesting guest calling in today uh, in store for you. But of course, let's get started with our quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. Let's see what the universe and Abraham have in store for us today. From the universe... Did you know that the average person looks 793.7% more attractive when they smile? wonder how they came up with that number. Not to mention healthier, wiser, slimmer, richer, and cooler. They do. And smiles become things, too. The universe. Uh-huh, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley and the universe. I think a little play on thoughts become things and smiles become things. And of course they do because... The more happiness we put in a particular direction, the more good feelings and good thoughts we put in a specific direction, uh, the more we grease the slides and allow the universe to bring us those very same things. So, of course, smiles become things. A nice quote for the universe. Let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. Ooh, a really short and sweet one from Abraham today. Desire is the beginning of all new creation, Abraham. So it's quite fascinating because I know from the Buddhist perspective, you know, we're supposed to eliminate desire. Desire's not considered a very good thing in life if you want to achieve nirvana and enlightenment and connection to all that is. But if you look around at the physical world around us, if you look at... Everything that has come into being in the last millennium and millennium and millennium, it's all come from some form of desire, a desire to make things better for ourselves individually, for our families, for society, and You know, Abraham talks quite a bit about this, about the idea of contrast, how, you know, when we experience something that we don't want, it helps to clarify for us what it is that we really do want. And we launch, as Abraham says, rockets of desire that we shoot out into the universe, letting the universe know, like, hey, this is what I want in my life. You know, not this other thing. I want this thing. And so really, we're just desire-making machines. We cannot go through life without creating constantly creating new desires. I mean, you, you you just walk out of your house and if you go on the subway and it's crowded and there's no seats, you have a desire for a seat. And if somebody pushes you, you have a desire not to be pushed. And if you were rushing because you didn't have time to be breakfast, you have a desire for food. And if your boss gives you a hard time, you have a desire for to have either a better boss or to be doing something different. And if you're not doing what you really love to do, you probably have a big desire to be doing something different. And when a good friend calls you and you reconnect, you have a desire to have an even stronger connection with them. And on and on and on and on. Almost everything that we experience in life gives us either a desire to have more of it or a desire to have less of it in our lives. And whether it comes from experiencing contrast or from experiencing the very things we've said we've wanted, they've both launched desire for us. Now, I mean, even, and, and in some ways it really is a contradiction or a paradox, even the Buddhists who say, you know, you should disavow yourself of all desire, they have a desire for nirvana and enlightenment and beingness. They have a desire not to have desire, if that's what they believe it takes. And Again, you know, there are very different sects of Buddhists. I'm not saying all Buddhists are like this. But it, even that thought of releasing all attachment to desire is a desire. So you really can't get away from desire. Personally, I think we need to just kind of let go of the attachment to the outcomes or attachment to the ways in which what we're desiring can come to us so that we allow the universe, you know, to have in its infinite capacity, an infinite imagination, allow things to come to us in ways we've never even thought of. Um, but that's a different story. So two wonderful quotes from the universe and from abraham let's all remember smiles become things and that desire is the beginning of all new creation so i say smile at everything you want to create and you'll help it to uh, come to you Mm. that much quicker sooner easier in the flow yes a wonderful wonderful quotes to start off our monday with i hope you enjoy them we'll have more for you next week of course and now it is my extreme pleasure to welcome uh, Merrick a man with a very unusual name. We'll ask him about more about that. Merrick is an empathic psychotherapist, strategic intervention relationship coach, hypnotherapist, and author. Merrick's extensive therapy experience is drawn from his intervention in areas of severe drug and alcohol addictions, torture and trauma counseling, working with victims of wars, and strategic relationship counseling. Merrick continues to explore the legitimate and effective role of mysticism in his practice. His research reveals an undeniable link between new science therapy and the paranormal paranormal merrick proposes that the key to a happier life is relearning how to harness the energy of the mystical in his new book i am a modern mystic so are you merrick invites his readers to awaken their intuition to create positive change in their lives and it is my pleasure thank you merrick for taking the time to come on to the show today
2: Thanks very much for having um, on your show. Um, uh, good morning or uh, good afternoon to every old uh, the listeners. Uh, it's my um, it's my pleasure, and I'm humbled and excited at the same time that I can speak um, at the same time from another part of the world. Um, it's um, one after one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Yes, I was going to say not
1: just not just good morning or good afternoon, but good evening and good night to our listeners from around the globe because we we are a very international station here. Um so where are you calling in from, Merrick?
2: I'm calling from Western Australia.
1: Western Australia. Uh,
2: in wow. Perth. Um Yes, And uh, so it happens that um, it's after one o'clock here. I don't know how these things work in a mystical way and mm-hmm. uh, that we can talk about um, uh, talk to each other at the same time. Um, um, although uh, it, practically we are separated by, by thousands and thousands of miles. I, I, I found this uh, fascinating every time I can um, see my amaz- amazement. I understand that this is uh, due to mysticism of uh, technology, but I'm still amazed.
1: Yes, well, you know, I believe it was um, Arthur C. Clarke, or maybe it was Isaac Asimov, who said that uh, any highly advanced technological civilization is almost indistinguishable from magic.
2: (laughs) Yes, I I fully believe it. I think that... uh, what we uh, believe is magic, uh, it's magic. Uh, it's until we l- understand it a little bit better. But when we achieve something, and we would still amazed how we were able to achieve it, how we were able to 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 to, to tap into it and 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 make it real. Um, that fascinates me. What uh, human uh, are capable of.
1: Right. So, 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 Merrick, I, I have to really ask you because. Uh, you know, the former owner of this station, his name was Giorgio Repetti. He was an Australian from Sydney. And and I got pretty used to Giorgio's uh, uh, accent. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that accent that I am hearing over the airwaves <laughs> is not an Australian as- a- accent. And Miracanek is not really a very Australian name. So what part of the world do you originally hail from?
2: Well... My name um, is Australian, I've lived in Australia for 35 years,
1: uh-huh. but
2: uh, and I've lived in a different part of the world as well, uh-huh. um, but originally, um, that name, and I come from Poland, uh-huh. and as you might recall, we had a conversation, and my um, latest travel, that I was calling you from Europe, from Poland, I was yes. doing a little bit of a tour there, right. and um, translating my book uh, in the, with the help of translator into into polish as a as a next step of development of my of the of my mission
1: yes wonderful wonderful well yes i'm 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 playing i'm 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 playing devil's advocate so that our audience can <laughs> learn all about you so um I'm just, just curious in the next couple of minutes before we go to our first commercial break of well, what inspired you to become a therapist because you know that's not a, a field that necessarily attracts a lot of people you know not not, not too many people especially in, in the United States who like think oh yeah I like when I grow up I want to be a therapist because like you know that that's how I'm really going to impact the world and make millions of dollars uh, you know it's not really kind of one of those things you know most parents don't and encourage their kids to you know go into the social services. So I'm just curious what um, kind of drew you to to these, this field?
2: I think it it happened organically and it happened as a calling. That's mm. something that, uh, that happened to me that uh, I still can't explain how, how I gravitated to it because uh, the previous 20 years I've spent as a professional photographer and that was also uh, an exciting journey and mm-hmm. uh, what I thought that that would be my life calling uh, right. but uh, the uni- universe had a different plan for me mm. and I have gravitated somehow to, um, to that um, realm of therapy okay. quite organically really um, I've, one thing led to another and uh, i found myself uh, back at university and and doing one course after another and being uh, more and more enchanted uh with the with the whole idea of um, interacting with people Mm. which i've always have done in the past and now i can see uh, when i'm reflecting back that my um my involvement involvement with photography was actually directly linked to my later um uh, uh development of my new um therapeutic career.
1: Mm, I see. I see. So so when you went back to college, uh did you you didn't go back with sort of the specific intention of becoming a therapist but uh, maybe more general and then you just happened to take some classes in psychology and psychotherapy?
2: Yeah. Yes, that's right. Um, as I said, one thing led to another. I've mm. met people um, that actually um, um, uh, that, that actually I've met them in, in, in a quite um, uh, unassuming circumstances, and uh, then um, I there, there were people um, of uh, you know the people um, uh, the dean of philosophy and ethics at, at the university and. Um, Uh, suggested that after our conversation that maybe I should uh, pick up one unit. Then one unit uh, led to another unit and another unit. Mm. And then I, to one degree and and the next degree. And uh, so I've graduated with my master's and with my profound interest in mysticism.
1: Ah, okay. Yeah, so when we come back to break, why don't we talk about, you know, what kind of drew you from just psychotherapy into sort of the realm of the mystical and then how those two uh, interests have uh, melded for you over the years. Sure. Okay, wonderful. I'll be happy to. Wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour is Mira Kanik, uh, talking all about uh, the mystical and the therapeutic. So everybody, please stay tuned. We'll be right back.
3: You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. What are the latest travel trends? How can travel be a part of your overall health and wellness plan? This is William Paris. Lifestyle Travel Consultant and your host on Travel and Wellness Today. Join me on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time for travel chat, travel tips, and travel news updates. That's on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. TalkingAlternative.com
1: Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. We're talking with Marek Kanek. Um, so Marek, um, it sounded uh, from what you said before in the last segment that it was actually while you went back to, to school and were starting to be a therapist that um, you began, your, your interest in, in the mystical and the paranormal uh, began to be developed even before you graduated. Is that accurate? or?
2: Yes yes that's correct um however the transition from uh the time of uh, photography and mm-hmm. uh, that already something was happening there where uh when i was working with uh, with my photographers they worked for me uh with my makeup artist and and uh, they were observing that uh, the way i'm shooting the way i'm shooting is, is and and choosing colors uh to complement the uh, the um uh, the People that were in a, in a in a, in a photography mm-hmm. at the photography session, there was a certain way that I was doing it. I was quite unconscious about that, mm-hmm. and they were inquiring about uh, why do I use these colors, why do I pose these people like this, and uh, why how I am um, getting those results, you know, on, in a portraiture. Mm-hmm. And I, I started to to ponder, thinking, you know, there's something going on here that uh, that maybe I'm not quite aware, not quite conscious about. So when I uh, gravitated uh, into university and sta- started to study psychology and human behavior and psychotherapy, I started to understand that there is so much more um, about a human person uh, mm. than um, I've, ever, I've, ever, I've ever imagined. And what more was that the first uh, times when I started to collaborate in uh, in uh, uh, therapeutic groups with where people uh, <clears throat> were affected by um, drugs and alcohol and, and severe um, uh, difficulties in the relationships. Every time when that ha- started to happen, I observed that there is some kind of an energy that's being exchanged in the room. Mm. I couldn't put the finger on, on it, but I knew that there's something Something going on there. That was just just fascinating. So, so it was just of kind of something that intuitively,
1: you, you, it was just some, kind of something that you intu- intuitively picked up on, but didn't really necessarily have a a, 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 a logical understanding of what was going on.
2: That's correct. Um, I didn't even want to um, employ my head, so to speak, you know, mm. just to, to think too much about it, because I, mm. I was afraid that this is going to go away, this is going uh, to finish. <laughs> so I thought, m- well, my gut feeling is to just let that flow and for me just basically remove myself. I couldn't remove myself from the room, but remove myself as a, as a, as a, as a, as a person in the room and allow this energy to flow.
1: Mm. Right. So, so kind of turn into more of a role of an observer of, of what was going on as opposed to the, the, the instigator of what was going on.
2: Yes, absolutely. So my role, I quickly discovered that my role would be just to um, help to engage so people can start collaborating. Mm-hmm. That was in the groups and, and, and one-on-one or maybe with couples. Mm-hmm. And then basically remove myself from it and let that energy flow. It was just an amazing experience, and I thought, well, what is this? What is? I wonder. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, what is this? Is the, the other therapists? Did they experience the same thing? Mm-hmm. So that led me to to uh, to another step to actually research and and interview um, other therapists, and uh, mm-hmm. that uh, eventuated in my master's. Um, uh, thesis uh, where it was titled um, Mysticism in Counseling and has it experienced by professional therapists
1: Ah, so you actually studied other therapists and how they uh, applied mysticism or experienced mysticism in their own therapeutic practice
2: yes that's right because I was wondering is this me or Mm. this is something that everyone uh, possesses And, and and as it turned out to be that yes, it was confirmed that people were observing the same thing.
1: Ah, and when you say observing the same thing, that this mystical stuff, can you give us maybe one or two quick examples of of how that would show up in a therapeutic practice?
2: Yes, um, a part of different uh, different accounts that people have, like a, like a spontaneous amazement or or, or, or some kind of a. Um, spontaneous um, uh, uh, aha moments, uh, mm-hmm. uh, this type of thing. It, this quite uh, happens in my uh, in my practice on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And this, I, I've I've noticed that that only it's possible where people are willing to collaborate on another level and allowing uh, themselves to go into that realm. And, and really focus on that one thing that that's being collaborated on, because basically um, when I meet people in my uh, therapy practice, they all come with the same the same question: what is veiled under the different um, uh, different um, entities? Some people might be bereaved, some people might have problem in the relationships. Some people might have problems with uh, with addictions, but they all come and they ask about the same the same thing how am i how can I be happy mm. and from my research you know into um, philosophy um, that I'd like to link to, you know ancient philosophy with modern modern psychotherapy mm. and then modern uh, new physics that confirms a lot of this um, a mystical, um, amazing thing that's going on in subatomic environment, then uh, I found that uh, if Mr. Aristotle says that that the function of every human person is to be happy and people constantly um, coming and asking about the same thing, there's got to be something in it. It means that there is something, some kind of a pain that uh, we're all experiencing Mm -hmm. and we're looking uh, to come to our natural state of being mm-hmm. so i i've uh come to the realization that perhaps my mission in life in 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 life in this in this therapeutic um calling so to speak uh, uh, it would be just to assist people to alleviate their pain mm-hmm.
1: and and so um I'm wondering if maybe you can give our audience an example of maybe just something that happened in one specific therapeutic session um that really kind of highlights this of of you know I, I mean you've worked with people with extreme trauma uh, uh, you know victims of war and torture i mean those are are tough things i mean i know here at our own wellness center and you know my wife is a psychotherapist and she's dealt with people with you know childhood abuse and 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 all kinds of of horrible things and it's not easy for them to get past um you know what's happened to them, especially when it's a severe trauma, so can you give us an example of just you know just one example before we go to break about you know something that happened and and sort of the how you saw the the mystical side of things intervening
2: Yes, um, um several on several occasions, especially, um, what comes to my mind. Is collaborating with uh, asylum seekers uh, that were coming from the from war-torn country, mm-hmm. uh, countries like Iraq, Afghanistan. I had a particular person, uh, a lady. She had a. She was severely traumatized. Mm-hmm. She was tortured, and um, just just horrific stuff happened to her. Mm-hmm. And um, she was um, she was of Islamic faith, and mm-hmm. um, when she came to Australia. She uh, was uh, very locked in and um, no one was able to to communicate with her. When she first saw me, she came to me and we were talking through the interpreter. Mm -hmm. Of course, uh, we were not able to to talk in English. I I would not be able to speak her language. She would not be be able to speak mine. Um, She had a huge resentment towards men and... Mm -hmm. uh, um, so it it took a little little bit of time for us to to actually engage, right. and um, through that interpreter, uh, we were able to communicate, but we would not be able to communicate uh fully because um, sometimes the words will be lost in translation, mm-hmm. so I had to think about some kind of a device of some kind of a way of uh, communicating rather than rather than uh, through words and that the moment I um, decided to go into this uh, what I call mystical realm, something started to change and again, I have observed a profound difference in in her um, uh, dominion in her attitude in her um, uh, she was uh, she herself was saying that she doesn 't understand what happened to her she doesn't know, she didn't know what was what was causing, but she also said that there was something that was that was going on in the room that she could not um, say exactly what it was, but she said she never experienced anything like it. She would be open to talk about um, her horrific experiences mm-hmm. experiences he previously was not even able to to shed the tears, to cry, no. she was open, completely open, and she was uh, she, she. From her report, I would never know until she actually um, gave me the feedback. She said that uh, what happened it was she called it that it came from God, mm. so she, she could not she could not verbalize it. You know what was actually going on. There was a, this mystical, um, uh, some kind of a going into the trust of some sort. Some kind of a, um, some kind of a, um, a, a realm that that she only remembers as a, as a, some kind of a divine divine intervention.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So I, I want to kind of get into a little bit of, of what you mean by like yourself going into the mystical, sort of how you invoke it in your sessions. And then we should really also start to talk about your book a little bit and what was the motivation behind that. So let, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, let's really talk about, you know, what do you mean by invoking the mystical and, 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 and what is your, your process for doing that? Okay okay sounds good so everybody please stay tuned you're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity and of course if you'd like to call in and ask your own questions of Mirik or myself our call in number is 877-480-4120 we'll be right back after these messages
3: Listening to the Talking Alternative Network. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio.
0: 24 hours a day.
1: Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking with um, mystical th- psychotherapist and author Merrick cannick So, Merrick, in the example you gave us last segment, you, you spoke about how you worked with this woman who, you know, had suffered extreme torture and 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 trauma. And, and you yes. said uh, how in the session you invoked the mystical. What exactly do you mean by that? I mean, I understand the experience that the woman had, that she felt it was something divine, but, but what exactly, do you, or how did you perceive what you did during that session?
2: This is a very good question, because mysticism um, cannot be easily described can be experienced but just to just to um, give uh, shed shine a light light a little bit on, on on the subject it's in waiting it is in waiting and anticipating it's waiting for that moment to arise uh, allowing allowing that um, mystical mystical uh, like a mist come upon us uh, we would when i when i'm in the therapy with uh, my clients oh and also outside of the of the therapy because um i'd like to emphasize the fact that we all are capable of tuning in into the realm mm-hmm. so first of all um in a, in a therapeutic environment um it's probably a little bit maybe easier because there is uh, that 60 or 60 minutes or so of time specifically designed for collaboration, and so the person is completely isolated from um, from outside noises, uh, from bills, from from work, from from other things that that that, that, um, distract of the of, of of focusing. So perhaps it's an opportunity to sit down and and come down and and allow allow this mystical energy just come through Uh, we can all experience this we can all experience this because we all have that capacity i know that now after my research that everyone has a good capacity capacity to be able to to tap into that energy so first of all would be an allowing to stop to stop and allow, just like a fashion when we stop and are allowing ourselves to go into the meditative state. It takes a little bit of time before we actually invite the mystical, we invite the divine. It's almost like a mystical uh, is uh, that, that, that kind of an energy that's almost like shy shy that he doesn't doesn't really want to come when there is a noise or there is a uh, there there is a disturbance a a good friend of
1: mine uh, describes it as um uh, you know like there's a sleeping baby in the room and so you want to be (laughs) gentle and and kind to it because if you're loud and abrasive it's just gonna hide away
2: yes yes that's exactly that's exactly the feeling so so first of all, we need to allow and just invite, invite that energy, mm. like step on the, on, the, on the toes, just like around the baby. Mm.
1: And, and so now this is not necessarily something that you learn from studying with a master. This is just something that kind of came to you naturally?
2: Yes, absolutely. That's something, that's that awareness. Came naturally. Uh, the background um, was uh, was interaction with uh, with people, mm-hmm. and uh, th- no one has ever actually taught me in the course of uh, of my uh, psychotherapy studies about the mysticism. Mm-hmm. And I thought that I was very very lucky and very daring to be able to propose and uh, uh, such a master thesis that. Uh, um, at first, um, my professors, you know, they 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 weren't they they didn't know what uh, what I was talking about. <laughs> and but somehow I put forward you know the that proposal, and it seems like everyone, um, students and professors, they were they were interested in mm. that, but they they didn't know what it was. But it was mm. surely interesting. So I pursued with that So yes, it was very much intuitive and that's what this is whole the whole idea about employing engaging your intuition
1: Hmm. and so i'm just curious um because i've had many healers and spiritual teachers and people on the show when you're in a session with somebody i mean do you call upon any spiritual beings or entities in in the back of your mind or are you just sort of staying present and being still and just allowing whatever is going to show up to show up?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, um, out of, out of respect to my client, to people that I meet, I don't know, um, what, um, cultural or religious background Mm -hmm. or philosophical background they come from. Mm -hmm. So I would not, um, Allow myself to um, to I- intersect with, with some kind of a uh, suggestion, or because even if I if I was um, calling out for something that perhaps I might believe in, uh, I don't know if they will be congruent uh, with my clients. I don't I don't know if it will be fully respected. Of course, I I'm not an expert um, in 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 other cultures. I can work with other cultures, of course. Uh, but I'm not an expert in, in their understanding and in their philosophy. Mm. So instead of um, uh, calling in p- particular entity, I allow, I allow being aware that that energy from wherever that energy comes from will come and will be picked up by the person, uh, however they want to understand it. However, they want to make sense out of it. Probably there's no need to make sense out of it. Probably yeah. it's just uh, uh, the best is just to allow yourself to go into that energy because it just feels good. It feels good and feels very natural. Right. Uh, but what I'd like to add here, uh, that there is, a, uh, there is an awareness uh, that there is a positive energy, but also there is that sometimes there is a very negative energy. Um, I'm not a psychic, but I know that people um, talking about it that they can sense uh, the, the different kinds of um, uh, the, those uh, levels of energy. I can only say that when I was working with uh, some people, um, uh, they were heavily addicted to uh, to, to drugs, and, and especially there was one occurrence when there was this person, very nice person, young person, just just addicted to. To to heavy drugs, right. and somehow I felt when he came to my office, he came to my room, that he carried this kind of a different kind of energy, and I would describe it like graphically. I would say uh, it was a dark cloud, mm. as opposed to um, light and um, flourishing, joyful joyful energy. Mm-hmm. Because what I'd like to add here, Sam, also that. People may be bereaved. People might be uh, impacted by by severe trauma. uh, But that doesn't mean that they carry a negative energy. I I, I find it's it's just on the contrary.
1: Right, right. And they don't have to have trauma, and they can be carrying a negative energy around. Oh, absolutely. Right. So um, what was the... What kind of led you to decide to write this book? Uh, I am a modern mystic
2: Because um, I already started to investigate this whole phenomena uh, while I was still in, still at the university, thought so perhaps i would I would extend on this after after practicing and uh, make a little bit more in depth research on that because I knew that um, this kind of a, um, research will be, will be helpful will mm-hmm. be helpful for, for people that are looking for um, that piece of happiness and uh, maybe if they look at this um, situation where um, how to find the, 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 the best way to happiness the different things for different people mm-hmm. um, there is a lot of talking about um uh, ways to to get to happiness um we've got many many leaders and representatives like dalai lama or or, or, or perhaps um people like uh, Tony robbins and mm-hmm. and uh victor frank you know and mm-hmm. all these wonderful right. people throughout ages that are suggesting the roads to to happiness but if i i thought if i have stumbled on on something and i suspect i have uh, maybe if I can contribute as a little drop into the ocean, and if we all can do this, just a little drop by drop into that ocean of, of sometimes of confusion, maybe we will uh, be able to collaborate uh, and, and on our way to to, to a better better world. Hmm.
1: I see, I see. So. Um but the title of your book is, "I am a modern mystic. I get it. You are a modern mystic. and but the subtext is also, "So are you." And what do you mean by that?
2: <laughs> yes Well, I believe that um, if this something like this can happen to me, mm-hmm. it probably can happen to other people. And my research confirmed that uh, we all have the capacity to enter into this uh, into this special kind of the realm. Uh, this intuitive realm, mysticism mm-hmm. um, traditionally and historically was kind of reserved to special kind of people, right. uh, people that that has special kind of connection with the divine, with the creation, um, and uh, so. But I thought perhaps maybe we all have this capacity, and it it it, it has been confirmed, and I. And I thought that perhaps if I look at the same phenomena, and look for the capacity uh, of every human person uh, for the for uh, and wanting uh, each each of us wants to self actualize, we have to have all these ingredients. We all to have to have all these ingredients uh, of, of of being able to tap into into divine into the creativity, because. Um, being a a mystic it is seemingly something mysterious but maybe it isn't maybe it's just that that uh, that thing that we all have because being a, a, a mystic it's to me is just uh it's, to have a special faith or belief or, or, or dogma it's like each of us uh, we are exposed to truth and understanding we want to seek truth we want to belong. We want to belong to the, to the nature, to the creation. To, mm-hmm. uh, we want to be part of, of this, this whole wonderful system. So we naturally somehow pursue consciously, or maybe subconsciously, uh, in, in our search for meaning. Mm-hmm. And so being a mystic, meaning that, being a modern mystic, meaning that we pursue a life we look into that insight that will allow us to um to to have more happier life so maybe from the physiological point of view maybe instead of um spending too much time in our brains perhaps we can allow our heart to mm. play a little bit uh, greater role and i have something to 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 say about um, heart um quite an interesting fact um, if if um, if, I'm, if that's okay, why don't we why don't we about
1: Why don't we do this? A what do
2: we... entity that actually has got a very mystical mystical realm about um, uh, about itself. We just think about heart that that might be uh, just a palm that that supports our body, but the very very interesting facts are that the heart is the center of our whole universe of the um, universe um, of, of our being um, when when you ask yourself what's more important brain or the heart when well, it's, it's very hard to make this distinction however if we take into consideration some facts for example the heart can live without the brain the brain cannot live without the heart and what comes to my mind is that in the fourth week of our human development when the brain is nothing but it's just a just a hollow tube and no organs of any kind are being developed by that stage stage our heart yours and mine and everyone else's for some reason somehow just goes with the first beat goes boom without any help without any assistance, the heart is self-initiating. I find it fascinating.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. let's let's hold that thought and, and when we come back, this is our, our last break of the show. Um, maybe you can give our audience some advice on how they can uh, bring the more mystical into their everyday lives and how they can learn to be uh, just take the first baby steps into being modern mystics themselves, okay. Okay. Wonderful. So, everybody, you're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back.
3: (music) Ding Ding, 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 ding. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
0: Dude, dude, dude. Transforming Tuesday nights from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern on TalkingAlternative.com. It's the Dudes of Disruption. The Dudes of Disruption is a new show geared toward
1: the global tribe of disruptors who are committed to interrupting the automatic ways of their lives so they go out and leave their mark on the world powerfully.
3: Consider every Tuesday night, 8 to 9 Eastern, on TalkingAlternative.com, forever disrupted. The Dudes of Disruption, disrupting your automatics. Dude.
1: Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour: Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour has been Merrick Kanick, author of "I Am a Modern Mystic, So Are You." So, Merrick, um, if yeah. somebody meets you and they're like they're curious, they're interested, they they want to bring more of. However you want to call it the divine, the mystical, the paranormal the the, the spiritual into their lives, how do you recommend people usually start what, what's a good way just to get somebody going who 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 doesn't really have much of a background in this but but feels called to towards it
2: Yes, I think uh, probably the easiest way is to start as close to yourself as possible. We were talking about hard. Mm-hmm. And I think this is probably the closest thing that we can explore to uh, and channel through into the into the mystical. Um, perhaps, if I may, maybe I can give a little gift uh, to the listeners that okay. so they can use um, this this small, very simple method that can be used anywhere. Mm -hmm. at any time um, because we carry our hearts everywhere we go Mm -hmm. and it's just not figurative it's not just poetic statement but also it's true that our heart uh is the center of us that it uh, keeps us company from the very very start to the very very end and uh what i'd like to do if i may will take only a few minutes it will be my gift uh to the listeners okay if you'd like to uh, just make yourself comfortable, um, you can practice this with your eyes open or closed. Of course, if you're driving, it's probably a good <laughs> idea to keep, have your eyes open. Keep
1: them open, yes.
2: And if you're sitting in a chair, you might just sit comfortable, comfortably with your arms uncrossed, uncross your legs, and just release all the tension in your body. You can do it standing up, um, you can be sitting down, anyway, any pose that you prefer. And now if, I would like you to, to bring your attention to your heart and focus on the center of your chest and your heart and space around it. Just keep focusing on your heart just for one moment, just easy. You might take refreshing breaths, and as you're breathing in, and breathing out, just imagine that your breath is coming in and out of your heart space. Let's imagine the air is coming to your heart, swiveling around your heart, and then slowly going back out. And now, I invite you to add a positive heart feeling. Just recall time that you felt good. A situation that maybe your heart was filled with joy and happiness, excitement, peacefulness, gratitude. Relieve the situation now. Your heart remembers your heart remembers the same event like your brain remembers by images, but your heart remembers the feeling. So I want you to really tap into those emotions that you are experiencing. The key is to shift from your head to your heart, from thinking to feeling that emotion just imagine that you're relieving this moment. Continue the heart focus. Breathing in and out. Just recall your positive memory now. Just the one moment. I know it was many, but just one moment. Trusting your heart, beautiful emotion, stay there for just a few more seconds, allowing yourself to invite that positive energy, that mystical energy, where from it all begins. And when you're ready now, you can slowly bring your attention back to wherever you are. You can open your eyes if they are closed. Hold on to the way you feel right now as you go about the rest of your day. By recalling this positive emotion, you can regulate your emotion. Emotions in the moment to step to stop draining the emotionally charge of the situation that have on your on your system. Instead, adding a good energy to your system. And you can practice this anytime and anywhere.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Kanik. That was wonderful, Um, So if um, people would like to learn more about you or, or find uh, out information about your book, uh, is there a website or how can they get in touch with you?
2: Yes. Um, uh, my website is mirekkanik at gmail.com. Excuse me. That's my email. Mm-hmm. It's mirek k-a-n-i-k, one word, mm-hmm. dot com.
1: At gmail.com. So it's
2: at gmail.com, or the website is www.mirekkanik.com.
1: Ah, uh, uh-huh. okay. Gotcha.
2: So that's m-i-r-e-k, k-a-n-i-k. And I'll be very happy to... To answer any questions, or any emails, I'll be very happy to to interact. And of course, my book is also available um, by visiting my website. Uh, it's also available on on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And also, I have a book trailer mm-hmm. that it's uh, very easily accessible. It's only one minute, mm-hmm. and it tells you a little bit about the book. And uh, something may, perhaps what, we, what we've talked about, but it, in a nice, concise and, and a funny way, uh, just one minute, just by going to YouTube mm-hmm. and you can just go and um, type I am a modern mystic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, book trailer and it just comes right at you.
1: Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, Marek, thank you so much for staying up uh, so early in the morning for us over there in (laughs) Australia, in Perth. And we really appreciate you taking the time uh, to come on the show. And uh, I wish you uh, much uh, success and and, uh, much uh, good fortune in your work in helping people and uh, helping people heal.
2: Thank you very much Sam. I appreciate uh, you inviting me uh, to the show and uh, thank you very much for uh, for giving me that opportunity and it's just absolutely wonderful to be able to do this from another uh, side of the globe. Uh, maybe soon we will be broadcasting from Mars or what we yeah. heard
1: today is not that <laughs> far away. <laughs> no, no. Hopefully not that far away at all. Thank you very much, Merrick. And everybody, thank you for listening. This has been the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We'll be back next week with another wonderful show, this time talking a little bit more on the practical side. Uh, not so much, this wasn't practical, but uh, on non-profits, uh, talking to the founder of a non-profit called Fist to Five um, about empowering people locally. So everybody, please, uh take care and we will talk to you next week ding
3: ding ding
1: If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at monty at montytaylor.com. That's monty, M-O-N-T-Y,
2: at montytaylor.com. You're listening to The Talking Alternative
1: Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day.
3: Talking Alternative Dude. Dude.
0: Dude. Transforming Tuesday nights from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern on TalkingAlternative.com. It's the Dudes of Disruption. The Dudes of Disruption is a new show geared toward the global tribe of disruptors who are
1: committed to interrupting the automatic ways of their lives so they go out and leave their mark on the world powerfully
3: consider every tuesday night 8 to 9 eastern
0: on talkingalternative.com forever disrupted the dudes of disruption disrupting your automatic dude
3: you're listening to the talking alternative network